Guess who's back? Back again. This week on When the Cleats Come Off, we have Tisha Mahon back on the podcast. So you may remember her. She was on not too long ago talking about recruiting and those athletes that are looking to play at the collegiate level. This is going to be your jam. So I'm just going to give you a disclaimer right now. This is basically a part two episode with Tish. And if you have not listened to her first episode, head on back to the podcast. I would definitely recommend you listen to that one first because this is a part two. In part one, we spent a lot of time talking about the purpose of knowing your why. So it's very hard to create a clear vision of where you're headed if you're not quite sure why you want this. So if you wanna play at the collegiate level, get down to the nitty gritty. So last episode, Tish goes over how to find your why. She also gave all listeners a freebie that you could download to figure out what your why is to set yourself up on this launch pad to help you chase after that dream of gold and playing collegiate softball. We also dive into communication. So how to write an email to coaches, and making it personalized and understanding what to write, how to get their interest, how often you should talk to them. So we won't be talking about those things much in this episode, which is why I want to send you back there if this is the journey that you are on. So head over back to Tisha Mahan's episode from before. I believe it was episode 41, so it's not too far back, but go listen to that before you dive into this one. Now this week, we're gonna be talking about more things about social media, because having a presence on social media is something that a lot of athletes have now. How to do it right is something that we go into. So we talk about how to master your Twitter, how to master your Instagram so that you are getting in front of coaches, but also making sure you're kind of humble too. A lot of people out there are bragging and I'm gonna tell you right now, that's not what coaches want. So we kind of dive into what do coaches want to see on social media? She also gives us the perfect header for a recruiting email to stand out with, which I think her answer was totally awesome. We talk about confidence versus cockiness because I'm gonna tell you, most coaches wanna go for the confidence route not the cockiness route, how to differ between the two, what the difference is, and what coaches are looking for when it comes to how you present yourself. We also go over camps. And I know this is a time right now where a lot of athletes are going to camps. They're putting themselves out there in front of these coaches. You're nervous as heck. We give you a couple tools on what to think about when you go to camps and how you can stand out on the field at your next college camp. Okay, okay, okay. Before we dive in, just real quick, if this is something that you know someone in your corner, in your softball tribe needs to hear, and you're on the same page with this person, please stop this recording, copy it, and send it to them ASAP. Because I want this work to be able to be heard by anybody that wants to be a college athlete, because I want the road to be simple for you. Tisha and I want this road to be simple for you. So if somebody comes to your brain, pause it right here, go share it with them. I think this is going to be the episode that people that are on this recruiting trail are going to find tons of value in and I believe it will. So please go share it with at least one person in your tribe if somebody stands out to you at any time during this conversation. All right, now let's listen to this episode with Tisha Mahan. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart, owner of Ashley B Training, former D1 athlete, and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well. But now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes. And I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just gonna dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal. That's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm gonna have some of the best softball players Some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are going to be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say. 
so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner, so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive, and that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here, and I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us, learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook, and let's head to the next episode. Hey, hey, welcome back to When the Cleats Come Off. I'm Ashley Burkhart, and we have, for the first time ever, a second-timer guest on the show. Tisha Mahan is back. Hey, girl. Hello, hello. It's good to be back. This is awesome. So because you had so many raving reviews about recruiting and all of the insights and professionalism you know about the recruiting aspect of the game, people have so many more questions. And I know you have so much knowledge about recruiting. And last time I had you on the show, we talked about two different things. We talked about understanding and knowing your why. We talked about the importance of communication, and we talked about email specifically, and we did a giveaway. We did a freebie for that you created for athletes to kind of identify their why. And this week, I'm pumped to talk to you about, you know, even more ways to communicate with coaches, maybe one-on-one and things like that. And social media, everybody wants to know how to use social media to their advantage. And maybe we'll dive into some more stuff, but so excited to have you back on the show, Tish. I am pumped. Let's do it. (laughs) Me too. So we don't have to go over your entire bio. We did that last time. By the way, if anybody's like listening for the first time, I'm really going to recommend you pause, listen to the first episode. It's called Tisha Mahan, Recruiting Talk, Communication, Finding Your Why. Go listen to that first because this is going to be like a part two. This is going to be, we're not going to talk about the stuff before. We're going to dive into some new stuff and I'm super, super excited about it. Woo. All right. So let's just start with this. Why on earth is social media important for an athlete being recruited? Yeah. So I do want to first off and say that you don't have to have social media to be recruited. So I want everyone to know that. Um, However, I do know how popular it is. And so I think it's good that we do talk about these things so that people can stay safe. They can feel confident whenever they do it. And so just kind of giving some, a few guidelines with that. So I wanted to start out and say that whether you love social media or hate it, I suggest that you create a timer for yourself while you're on social media. So like for myself, I create a timer, like a 10, 15 minute timer to to that's how long I'm going to be on social media and being productive with my social media. So like following, liking people that I want to interact with or just reaching out to new people in general. And so I suggest people do that if they're not the biggest fans of social media. Now you can do the exact same thing if you're a huge fan of social media. Like let's say you're one of those people that you could scroll for hours. (laughs) You set yourself a timer too. So maybe your timer is like 20, 25 minutes just so you can be productive with your time. And you kind of figure out as you go along, like, okay, I could go a little bit longer this time or, oh, I need to go a little bit shorter this time. So that kind of like helps guide you as you're going through social media. And you don't get stuck like I do, you know, looking Mm -hmm. at TikToks for 45 minutes. And I'm like, what just happened in my life? Okay. I feel that. I feel that. I think that's super important too. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, And you can use that kind of like in your daily life as well. So um, I'll do that just with like a homework that I have to do. I'm like, okay, 30 minutes, let's do this. (laughs) And it's been very helpful. So Kind of like some do's and don'ts. I think that's important to know, like, as you're going through social media. So, like, let's start out with the do's of social media. So, kind of going off of that timer. Let's say you do have social media and, like, maybe you haven't been on it in a while or, like, you look back on it and you're like, ooh, maybe I should clean this up do that, like clean up your profile. Cause I know, uh, for me personally, like I had Twitter back when I was in college and then I got Twitter, Twitter (laughs) more recently. And I was like, that was some weird stuff that I posted, you know? And so I was like, well, let's just clean this up real fast. You know, not that it was anything inappropriate. It was just like, that was weird. Like, why did I put that? Yeah. Yeah. So So can you talk about cleaning it up? If it is something that might be inappropriate and people don't know too, like what does clean up mean to you? 
So like, I know like me personally, as a person, like I've developed my character, I've developed confidence. And so that's who I am now. And that's what I want to portray. Like I have more confidence. Um, I'm I'm doing a much different thing in life now than I was in college where like, now I have, I'm a teacher. Uh, I've started my own business. And so it's like for people to know what you're doing now, as opposed to like three or four years ago, Mm. because like you develop as a person, like, I don't believe that people change. I believe they come like better or worse versions of themselves. And so it's like, at what version are you at in your life? And that's what you want to portray. So like, if you were 13 years old and you're on social media, like, I'm sure a bunch of your pictures are like, like with your friends, like sticking your tongue out. I don't know. (laughs) And whereas now, like maybe you're 17, 18 years old and now like you go places, like you travel. And so it's like putting those things on there. So in that way, kind of like cleaning up, does that kind of make it a little bit more clear? Totally. Totally. Awesome. So you want to also too, like follow engage with teams that you're interested in or follow engage with profiles that you feel like kind of promote, like make you um, like promote you as a person, I guess you could say. So recently I started following this one Instagram account and it was all about like women in sport and just like being positive. And so I was like, Oh, I really like this. So I liked them. And you can do the same thing with like teens. Like, let's say you're like a big uh, Odyssey fan now. So now you're following James Madison. You're following Odyssey on Twitter, Instagram. I don't know if she necessarily has Facebook, but I know JMU does. (laughs) And so just staying up to date with that. You always want to make sure you also do like show your personality. So like, um, I have a dog. I love my dog. And so I've posted pictures of my dog before. Um, I have a few pictures of me and my husband. And so like for someone that's playing right now, like maybe you have uh, some pictures of your teammates in uniform and now you have them out of uniform. Like your friends, like on your team can also be your friends outside of that. And so that's what you want to see, like those relationships that you build. Yeah. I Um, think coaches think that's really important to like show you outside of softball. I want to get to know you without, you know, cause like, that's the thing. Coaches are trying to figure out how to have conversations with you. And if they can be like, Oh, like you live in Michigan and you went to the beach. Like that sounds awesome. And you can talk about things other than softball. That's so great. So important. Like I know for a fact, I could talk about softball for a very long time. Now, some of my friends are like, Tisha, I need you to stop real fast. (laughs) Say, let's talk about (laughs) other things. Right. And so it's like trying to find that balance as well with it. But yeah, definitely like coaches want to know who you are as a person. And I, and I don't think that is said, I think it is said enough, but I think it isn't at the same time. Like Mm -hmm. people think that you have to do like these magical, wonderful things on the softball field. And like, that's great. But however, like, you are more than just your sport. Like you are you 95% of the time and you're a softball player, you know, 5% of the time, even though it sometimes feels like that a little bit more so than normal, but you're more than just your sport. I think that really comes into play after you're done playing your sport. Cause I know that's something that I went through after I got done playing. Like, I can't lie. I went through a little bit of like a stint of like depression of trying to like figure it out, but I didn't realize that's what it was. And then I was like, Oh, I identify myself more so with my sport than I do myself. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like working through that. And so I want people to realize that, you know, now like you are more than your sport. And so I think like showing your personality, like showing that athletic content, showing your mental development, your personal content, like through social media, it's kind of like a, uh, an outlet for people. Totally. Totally. Awesome. So what are things that maybe we should avoid or not do on social media then? Um, so anything inappropriate, so that could be like being negative to someone that could be bullying someone. So like I've seen, I mean, if you go onto the internet and you type in student athlete, you lose a scholarship through social media. It is just like page after page everywhere. Yes. And it happens all the time. Now, some people do get lucky. I have seen a story of a uh, particular like football player. He lost the scholarship, but then he started advocating for, hey, social media can take things away from you. And then he was given a different offer. So like there is redemption in certain situations. So let's say you have done something doesn't necessarily mean that it like ruins you or that moment defines you. It's you know, what do you do moving forward? Um, and so just like being really conscious before you press that, like press that send button, press that comment button, because you might not necessarily see the consequences like directly in front of you, but there's so much that goes on behind that. Um, I think 
that kind of refers to like the butterfly effect. If anybody out there knows what that means, where you kind of like have something small and then like it waves out um, and it has way more effect than just that small little moment. Yeah. I think so. Kevin DeShazo, he is just basically a marketing guru, but also he's just so smart when it comes to this type of stuff. And he taught actually our entire class of athletes. We all came in one day and he was talking to us about this. And he said, every tweet is representing you. You are your own brand. And whatever you say, positive or negative, is going to reflect you. And the reason why it's important to be conscious of that is because if you do want to play D1 or you do want to play post-college, it's really important that you take care of your own brand because this coach is going to sign up for you to be a part of theirs. And if you're not representing your own brand properly, you're going to misrepresent them and you're likely to get overlooked, which is... Which is, I know it sounds harsh, but it's true. So like like you said, take the extra second to be like, should I be posting this? Am I, am I posting this out of anger? Am I posting this in high emotions right now? Do not click tweet in a high emotion. I have done it. It doesn't work in my favor. Once I stop to reflect about it, normally I stop myself from doing it and I can breathe easier. So I think that's something really important that Kevin taught us. You're your own brand and represent it well. Even even think about the people that you're following. He told us this. He's just like, if there are like cuss words in some of the ads of people that you're following and you're retweeting that, that's also your brand. You have taken somebody else's brand to represent yours and they have cuss words in it. And that's not something you want to represent yourself if you want to be a respected athlete. So mm-hmm. that's just a couple of things that I learned and... Man, I I want to repeat this every day of my life if I have to because it's that it's that important. But yeah, exactly. And I'm and I'm and I'm sure people have seen stories out there, especially like bigger name athletes or like Hollywood stars, where you know, 15 years ago they said something and it gets brought up because someone is like digging or someone is like jealous or angry or upset with them, and then they pull something out and then that kind of has a reflection on them. You know, even 10, 15 years later, mm-hmm. and you know, even now, like kids that are like early teens like they're on social media a lot sooner than necessarily like you and I were I think you're a little bit younger than I am but Mm -hmm. like uh I really didn't get on social media I feel like until like the end of being in high school and even then I wasn't supposed to be on social media (laughs) (laughs) don't tell mom (laughs) yeah right uh it eventually came out but that's all right but yeah I really didn't you know come back to social media other than maybe like three or four years ago. And so that that's an imprint that lasts. Mm-hmm. And so I just really want people to like be aware of that. Absolutely. So what are some things that you'd encourage? If you're an athlete and you want to post and you want to represent your brand well, what are some things that kind of stick out to coaches that athletes can be aware of? Yeah, so uh, a popular or, or a popular social media tool right now, especially with coaches and especially like while COVID was going on is Twitter and Twitter and YouTube uh, is, were like super popular. And so like with Twitter, it's, you know, occasionally like putting a clip of yourself up there, like getting a hit or having a really good like filming moment or even like a moment where like you miss the ball, but then you make up for it. Um, I also think that's super important to put out there because people want to see what happened whenever you do fail, um, yeah. like how do you handle that failure? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, put that, you know, three, four, five second clip up there and tag a few coaches. I think five or less is good. I think five is okay. When you start to get like more than that, like 10, 15, 20, and 25, 30, <laughs> that's a lot. And to me, that I would call that spamming. That's kind of like on the list of like, don't do. Like put four or five coaches in there if you have that many that you're interested in that w- that you want to see that clip. And that can be super helpful. And that's where you, you know, you have that timer. Be like, okay, I'm going to put up three clips today. And there's three clips. I'm going to tag these coaches, these coaches, these coaches, bam, put it out there. Curious, would you rather them tag all the coaches in one? Because I think from at least the coach's perspective, it may look like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not the favorite. And and I know that probably sounds like selfish, but ideally, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's good to have a coach see it. But would you rather them tag all the like all five of them or, you know, send it to the coach individually, you think? Well, 
I mean, ideally, I would love for everything to like go individually to a coach because that is more personable. Yeah. And I think you kind of find a balance as you go along as well. So like this kind of kind goes into like communicating like more so like one-on-one. I know we're going to talk about that in a moment, but like building that relationship. And so then it turns into like an email or if you're a little bit older, you're junior or senior, that turns into like a text or um, like a phone conversation. And so like that builds that relationship even more. And so I think that's, that, that can be helpful as well. That's really good insight. Thanks for elaborating. I, that's just something that was on my mind, but talk about the importance of being selfless on social media. I think putting things out there where you're supporting other people, like to me is a really big deal. So like, um, <laughs> I follow a particular, it's uh, ESPN women on mm-hmm. Instagram and I'll scroll it through there. And I'm like, and I literally everything I heart. Cause it's like, you go girl, like the, just like the awesomeness that happens. And you're like, Oh, that is so freaking cool. And like, just being like, that's amazing. Like you're doing such a great job. Like, like sending like personal DMs to people, I feel like kind of like makes people's day as well. And so it's just like encouraging other people, I think is where like being selfless, like really comes into play because that kind of like spills over into like your own personal life. Like I surround myself with people that to me, like help elevate me. I wouldn't necessarily say that like this person is better than me because then they would be like, Tisha, no, <laughs> but like help elevate you. And like when you elevate other people, like I feel like it brings you up as well. I definitely can remember whenever I was playing, like I would get into that, that selfish mode and it blinded me to so many things that looking back, it's like, oh, like, come on. Like if I had the mentality and had and knew the things that I knew now back then, it would have been unstoppable. And selfishness was like a big thing for me. So being selfless, I I love that you brought that up because that is so important. Yeah. I mean, just think about Montana Fouts. She just had like that perfect game in the Women's College World Series against UCLA. And the first thing she mentioned was how incredible her teammates were behind her. And that was not fake. It was not like, oh, I need to put the team before me. No, it was genuine. And Mm -hmm. I think it's important to be able to express, again, your brand as a selfless and humble one. Because if you do that, again, you're then going to be selfless and humble in the uniform that you want to be in eventually. So I think, and this takes me back to my dad. I had a Twitter in high school and so many people were, you know, saying, I did this, I hit this home run, blah, blah, blah. And like all of this, like, these are all the highlights that these athletes did. And my dad goes, you will never talk about yourself on social media. And I said, wait, why? Everybody else is doing it. And he goes, Ashley, let everybody else around you talk about you. I will talk about you. Your family will talk about you. People will find you. You just do your thing. You keep grinding. You keep doing the practicing. You keep doing, you know, setting up your mind right for your next game. You focus on the performance and how you're going to be able to perform at the top level. Let other people talk. Because then all of a sudden there's like newspaper articles and news centers interviewing me later. And that was one piece of advice that my dad told me that it's going to stick with me forever. Because sometimes I get in that selfish mindset too, of just like, I need everybody to know about this big thing. And in reality, it's you just keep doing the work and other people will see you. Did you know that every single podcast episode has two or three episodes in the show notes that are very similar to the episode that you just listened to? Yeah. So basically this episode obviously has Tish's at the bottom because she's been on the podcast before. But if you really liked Monica Abbott's interview, go find other Olympians in the show notes that you could also listen to. If there was another episode that you really enjoyed, head to the show notes and you can find an episode just like that one. Well, if you didn't know, now you do. All right, guys, let's head back to this episode of When the Cleats Come Off. When you, I really like when you talked about making adjustments and also like responding to failure. I think that's one of like the coolest things you can do is like before you show the highlight, show the, hey, this was the strikeout right beforehand and here's the adjustment I made and here's the result. I don't think that's bragging. I think that's simply like, dude, that was so hard. And this is the adjustment that I made. Just keeping it real and keeping it honest. Not like, hey, go hype me up. I got a home run. There's like yeah. a difference. 
So. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't have to have that home run too. So I'm a little biased because I was a slapper. <laughs> right, right, years. right. And so it's like, like, uh, like that game where maybe you don't necessarily go for for four, but like you get on base through like, uh, you know, a drop third strike or ball four or hit by pitch or you move a runner. Like there's a sacrifice in there too. So it's like, like putting things like that as well. Like I sacrificed this and we were able to win the game because of that. And you're right. Like, I feel like people struggle to find the balance between like confident and cocky. Like there's like a fine line that you kind of dance with sometimes I feel like. And so um, I've had to learn myself, like I've always been humble, but like also to being like, I did that. Mm -hmm. Like I did that and being proud of that. Yeah. That that's always been hard for me is being able to like say that out loud. I did that and be proud of yourself for doing that. So give me an example. I'm putting you on the spot here of a confident tweet and then a cocky tweet. So I would say that like a cocky tweet would be like, we won that game because of me. Like we only won because of me or because of this thing I did was the only reason we won that game when in all actuality, it's not Mm -hmm. like there had to be so many other things that happened to like get you to that certain point. And at the end of the day, it is, you have between, you know, 10 to 15 people on your team. And I think it's a good reminder that you are not the, like it, it, it doesn't take one person to like be successful in softball. Like you have to have, majority contributing in some way shape or form it's not like you know like golf or swim where like it's solely on that one person um there's so many more people involved and i think a confident tweet would be kind of going back to that selflessness of like hey like my girl did it today like because of like this amazing moment that she turned around like she helped elevate us um and so i think that would kind of define the difference between like cocky and confident. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And even like if, if you are posting something about yourself, making it about the team, like, Hey, got this runner over and she ended up scoring off of so-and-so's great hit. Like tell a story. I know we talked about Mm -hmm. that last time in our, in our emails, but like Mm -hmm. tell a story. That's the most attractive thing. And -hmm. if you don't know how to tell a story, literally just think about what just happened and break it down. Like, I think that's a really easy way to do that. Now, last thing I want to talk about with social media is the comparison game, because you talked about setting a timer. And I think the longer that I'm even on social media, the more I start comparing my work to other people's. And that does not do anything for my mental health. So when it comes to comparison, everybody feels it, especially us females. We do it a lot. I think it's part of our nature, I think. But... (laughs) How would you give advice to somebody who finds themselves comparing their journey to someone else's on social media? Yeah, I think it's being aware of where you are at in your journey and looking at it from like a teaching perspective as well as everyone learns differently and everyone learns at a different pace. So like you could have um, student one and two and, you know, they're on the same like reading level, but student one got there faster than student two. But eventually that student too eventually catches up. And so it's, yeah, I feel you on this one. And and so it's realizing like, and seeing what you've done to get to that point is really important too, because I have to step back and do the same thing. Cause you know, I've even found myself like comparing myself to you or like some of my other friends. And it's like, you know what, like this is where they were, you know, in their journey. And like, this is where I'm at and that's okay. And And so like realizing how far you've come, I know personally has helped me. And I think that's a big contributor as well. And so it's like also realizing too, like your vision or your goal for yourself. And as long as you're doing at least one thing a day, one thing a day to work towards that vision, work towards that goal, like that is progress. I used this example the other day when I was talking to a student athlete and I said, you know what? Some days I want to wake up and I just want to veg out on that couch over there. And I said, you know what? I will at least go and make my bed so that, that way, at the end of the day, I've at least accomplished one thing productive. Mm-hmm. I made my bed and it looks great in there, you know? And so you're going to have those days where all you want to do is make your bed. 
And then you're going to have those days where you make your bed, you make yourself breakfast, you go and you get a workout in, you come back and you do 45 minutes of work. You go and hang out with a friend, you come back and do an hour of work. And then next thing you know, like your day's been super productive. And so like, that's how it is. It's like this, this journey that you go all along. And that's what I like to refer to the recruiting process as, as it's, it's a journey. Some days you're going to get this far and then other days you're going to get, you know, super far. And so it's, you know, accepting where you're at and like seeing how far you've come. Uh, that was so well said. One of the best advice I ever heard was don't compare somebody else's middle to your beginning. And I think that just goes perfectly with what you, what you mentioned. It's, and, mm-hmm. and especially on those days that are really hard and literally I'm like you, I just want to go veg out on the couch. I just want to watch my favorite Netflix series all day because sometimes that's all we want and that's what we need. I tend to actually on those days compare myself the most. So I try to like throw my phone somewhere else while I'm doing this so that I don't compare myself. Cause when I'm being lazy is when I'm comparing myself the most to others. So I think that's a little piece of advice. If you do want to be lazy one day, which I think we all need lazy days. I try to make it at least one day a week. I'm just super lazy just cause I need it. But hide your phone, hide your laptop, just distance yourself from everything and just take care of you. Oh, that's yeah. so good. I Absolutely. love it. I love it. Can we talk about camps? Yes. It's camp season. Everybody's going to camps right now in the summer. And some people have Mm -hmm. already been to big camps. Some are going to more. I think it's a prime time to talk about camps and how they can benefit athletes that are looking to get recruited. So first of all, why should athletes go to college camps or even like camps with a bunch of different colleges at them. Actually, this week I'm going to UNC camp and uh, Coach Pete does a fantastic job of like bringing coaches from like all over the state and she will involve her players as well. And the more exposure you get, I like to say like more bang for your buck. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The more exposure you can get in one place, the better because coaches talk. Mm -hmm. Like they talk (laughs) and like that downtime that you don't see, there's a lot of talking that goes on. And I think it surprises players and parents sometimes when I'm having a conversation with them and I'm like, Oh yeah, I talked to them just the other day. And they're like, yeah, like we talk like the, the world of softball is a lot smaller than what you think. And so it's, it's making connections. It's communicating. So like, like, let's say you are going to the UNC camp this week. I'll, I'll see you then. But it's, you know, just having a conversation with coach P whenever like you're in transitioning and because she loves to like walk around and talk to people and things like that. And so it's just like, Hey, coach P you're looking good today. Um, you know, I hope to see you later on, you know, just something like show your personality. Like me, I'm a little, like, I think I'm quirky sometimes in the mm-hmm. sense of like, what up, you know? And I'll just, say whatever's on my mind a lot of times and uh people remember that like and so it's also too like taking advantage of the players on the team as well yeah talking to them like asking them like hey what's your experience like here or do you know someone that is at this school like how are they doing there or tell me about your recruiting journey or just what'd you have for dinner last night like can you just talk to me please you know (laughs) just (laughs) because like people in that setting, I feel like are so timid to say something wrong that they won't say anything at all. Mm -hmm. And so it's be yourself, like, like say, Hey, like just do whatever you can to try to start a conversation. Um, even if it's like, really like your shoes today, like those look good. Like you never know like where that could go. The hardest part is taking that like first step. And the only way you're going to get better at communication is if you do it. Like there's no, like, (laughs) you just got to do it. And Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I really struggled with communication, especially like growing up, like I didn't like to talk. And some days I still have those days where I'm like, I'm done. I'm not talking to anybody today. But the only way I got better at it was whenever I actually like talked to other people. And so like a big thing with that is ask questions, be authentic or genuine whenever you're having those conversations and just listen Like, that's all you have to do whenever you do communicate. If you have no idea what to say, do those three things. Yeah. And make it about the other person. Like, like we said, I love your shoes. Be honest. If you love her shoes, tell her, because I can't tell you how many times I've even been an athlete at these camps and the coaches are like, okay, what players stood out to you? Like what players are we missing? And then they're like, oh, that cute girl that asked me about my shoes. Like she is like super passionate and she, 
they have their eyes on you more yes. when they have these little sparks of knowing you and getting to know yep. you. Exactly. Ooh, that's so good. I've, if anybody only takes one thing away from today's episode, that might be the one. Learn how to, like, you learn by communicating by doing it. You learn how to do it by doing it. And it's Mm going to feel awkward and quirky, but, like, here's the deal. We're all awkward and quirky in our own way. Just be yourself. Yeah. I always say, you know, everyone's weird. It's just what level of weird do you want to hang out with? I say that all the time. (laughs) I think your weirdness and my weirdness are, like, the same. And I love it. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But I love the point that you brought up about, where like you yourself, like you're not necessarily like a college coach, but like people still value your opinion. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll even ask that of like the, like the college players that are like traveling with the groups. I'll be like, hey, tell me a little bit more about that kid right there. Like, what do you think of them? And it, and it really just kind of blossomed from there because sometimes you're not going to remember someone's name, but like if you remember like the shirt that they're wearing or the type of socks that they have on, or um, if they had like a big old bow in their hair, like that kind of like helps you remember that person as well. <laughs> I was just about to ask you, what's, what are some ways athletes can stand out at these camps? Mm-hmm. Now, those are some physical ways, like wear the bow, wear the funky socks, or maybe you just, you know, have the coolest team jersey you wear that that day. But what are other mm-hmm. ways that athletes can stand out at these camps? I know it's like simple and I had said it earlier, but like, going up to someone and like noticing something about them or do your research beforehand, see what coaches are going to be there. And you, and you know, just put like one thing about that coach or one thing about that team, because if you go up to a college coach and you're like, Hey coach, I saw that you guys, you know, when your very last game of the season, like I was watching that game, like that was a really good game. Like that really stands out to people whenever you kind of do like your background work on them and it doesn't have to be 10, 15 things. It could be one thing because that one thing kind of gets you like that in because I'm telling you, whenever I was coaching, if a kid came up to me and was like, Hey coach Tish, Hey coach Jim, I noticed this about you. I'll be like, Oh, you really did your research. Like, I like that. Like that really leaves an impression on people whenever like you actually take an, uh, an interest in them. Um, it's, it's always surprising and nice and flattering all at the same time. Because at the end of the day, I feel like people want to be seen. They might not say it, but like they want to be seen. And so even if like what you say to me, like your voice is shaking, like you were trembling, you at least did it. And that's going to stand out to me as well. Yeah. I think probably the most important part too is like, you can't just have the personality. So they watch, you got to be good too. (laughs) Like you got to, you got to be able to match the work with, with this communication because you can communicate all you want, but if you don't have the actual skills to back you up, then (laughs) you're just talking the game instead of being the game. So I think it's good to kind of pair those two as well, but those are really good ways to get those coaches eyes on you so that you can share Mm -hmm. your talent and uh, feel confident there. Yeah. So I know these camps, some of these camps are so expensive, Tish, like so expensive. It's an arm and a leg. It's a three-day camp. It's a lot of money Mm because that's just what it is. How can athletes decide where to go? Like they probably have like 20 schools they want to go to, but they can't go to 20 camps. I mean, Mm -hmm. some people can, I don't know how, but how do they choose which camps to go to? I think it kind of like comes down to how far you're wanting to go distance wise. And I think it's also too, like, I think creating a budget would be a really good idea for people and being like, okay, we're going to spend X amount this summer. Let's look up. Um, I know you're really interested in these five. Let's look these five up and see which ones work the best for us. Because you're right. Like things are stupid expensive, like even more expensive than ever, whenever we played. And so I think creating a budget looking at, you know, the schools that you are interested in and seeing like where they're going and then like really creating that list. Dang, there was one other thing I was going to say and it left me. What do you feel about the camps with a bunch of different coaches? Do you think that would be a good idea? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, like I know they've started doing, so there is a, a specific, there's a lady that it's called Backwards K Jacks and she does summer, a summer. She does like showcases slash camps where like the college coaches are going to be there like all weekend. And she brings in sometimes almost like 50 coaches in a weekend Mm. and that's down in Florida. And so like 
finding things like that is like super helpful. And I've actually like created a list of like places that offer like camps like that. And so reach out to me, let me know. And I'll send you a list. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, what, is, what was that one you said? It was coaches what? It's called Backwards K Jax. And Jax is spelled J-A-X. Okay. I'm going to have to reach out to you because I want to leave that in the show notes because if that's something people are interested in, I want them to be able to go there and check it out. But awesome. Yeah. I'll make sure that's in the show notes so people can can see it. But that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So that's cool. So now people know kind of an idea of when they can go to what camps. And camps are normally run at universities in the summer and in the winter. That's like their mm-hmm. off time. Um, yeah. just for people who maybe aren't aware of camps, a whole lot of what's going on, but yeah, I think I just met with an athlete that I work with this week and she went to her very first college camp and there are a bunch of different colleges there and she was so nervous. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I told her, first of all, I was like, yes, all of these coaches are there. You can either use that as fuel or you can use it to scare the crap out of you and do nothing that day. Mm-hmm. So one piece of advice that I gave her was just like, Hey, these coaches are watching you to see you be yourself. Like, what are your three biggest strengths in this game? She was just like, well, I have a powerful swing. I'm like, okay, bring your powerful swing. Focus on your powerful swing that day. Oh, I'm pretty speedy on the bases. All right. Well, the opportunity that you have, that's your opportunity to shine. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect on defense. If that's not your biggest thing, just do your best at what you're good at. Don't be afraid to fail either. Cause it's going to happen. The coaches are actually going to try to watch you fail to see how you react. So those are like some of the biggest things that I told athletes to help just develop and like calm down the nerves a little bit because it is a scary situation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when college coaches are out there watching you at your tournaments, it's also scary, but you have to focus in on you and what you're capable of, not this other girl that's jacking a home run every other pitch. Like you focus Mm -hmm. on her, you're not focusing on you. Bad things are going to happen. Any other ways that athletes can maybe develop confidence while they're at these camps so that they can stand out, but not compare themselves to other people. Mm -hmm. Focusing on someone else, like kind of what you just said. And so like, whenever you could pick one girl and be like, you know what, she's in my group. I feel like we're pretty like, even on like personality, like temperament, things like that. Like anytime you can find common ground with someone that that's very comforting. And so, and, and you will develop friends as like you go throughout the day or the weekend or however long your camp is. And so like, like be that person's like biggest cheerleader. I think sometimes just focusing on someone else can like make you feel better. Also humor is a big one. Humor really relaxes people. Like I myself, I like to start off with something funny or a joke just to not only relax other people, but to relax myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I find that comforting as well. So like humor can really help as well. Yeah. I want to go back to when you talked about finding someone else to kind of put your energy into. That's great. That's great advice. But I also think you can use that person as like, she's, she's not going to outwork me and I'm going to outwork her. And then all of a sudden she outworks you and you're like, now leveling up your game. You just stay by her side, that level of competition that's really similar to you and kind of use her her as like your level ground. Like it's important who you choose because if you choose, if you love to steal bases and you choose a person that's super slow, that's not going to help you. Like yeah. go find somebody similar to you and go to outwork mm-hmm. them because it's mm-hmm. it's a healthy competition. It's not comparison. It's simply like, oh, you're going after it. No, I'm going to go after it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And you both because, rise like- together. Exactly. And people see that too. Like they'll notice like, oh, they look like they're in a little bit of a competition. And so like that, you know, brings the focus on you guys a little bit more and then you're helping each other out without even realizing it. Mm. So I love that point, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this has been so much fun. I hate that we only have a couple minutes left. I really wanted to dive into communication, but I think we may just have to wait for our next conversation to do that one. That's all right. And that's the beauty of this relationship. I'm like, we can just continue this recruiting talk forever and ever. So if you're if you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh my gosh, I need a recruiting question answered, write a review on Apple Podcast. Tell me the one that you want. And then the next time we talk to Tisha, we're going to talk about it. But we are going to dive into communication, how to talk to coaches in person and on the phone for your own benefit here in the future. Before I ask you your three rapid fire questions at the end, how can people follow you? I know we talked about it last time, but we have, we've got maybe some newbies on the show that really want to follow your insight um, and knowledge in recruiting. Yeah, absolutely. So I have Instagram, I have Facebook I have, I'm working towards the YouTube page. I'm almost there with it. Uh, and then my website 
it is finally out. And so it, that is coming to where you can also look and like find me as well. And then obviously email if you have questions as well. So Sweet. I think I think we uh, are going to post that after this. Yeah, I'll put everything that you just mentioned in the show notes so people can keep following you and ask you direct questions that they have. Yeah. Man, we could talk for hours, can't we? <laughs> We can. <laughs> our, our conversation is like keeps going. I'm I know. I know. Um, it's good though. No, it is good. It's very good. And those of you who maybe didn't see the free resource on how to find your why uh, or listen to the last episode, go do it. You're going to find out so much more information about recruiting um, and hopefully get your answers question, or questions answered from Tisha. Three rapid fire questions. You ready? I'm ready. Hit me. Okay. What's the coolest thing you've seen an athlete do to stand out? Like in my mind, I see it happening and I, I can't necessarily like put it into words, but just like someone going all out for something and being like, oh, you know, I'm, I missed that. No big deal. But like, let's get this next one. Or like they got up and, you know, got the throw or made something else happen. Like I can't think of like an exact one. Cause I feel like somebody like flood my mind at one time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you got me on that one. <laughs> That's good though. But- it reminded me of when I had AJ Andrews on the show. Yeah. Aaliyah Andrews sister, the ones who just mm-hmm. dive all over the place and make these outstanding yes. plays. Mm-hmm. AJ said that she stood out to LSU's coach. LSU's coach wasn't even there watching her. She was walking by her field and she, mm-hmm. she went all out on this play in the outfield. And that was the first time, first time she was seen and she did yeah. make the catch, but like, even if she didn't make the catch, but like went all out for it, I'm, I guarantee mm-hmm. she still would have been seen and now been looked at by her alma mater. So going all yeah. out is big, like huge. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, now I think of a specific one. So there was this one player that I went to go watch and I, I ta- I'd been talking back and forth with her building relationship with Link. <laughs> and we, I went to go watch her and then she had a catcher on her team. And immediately like she caught my eye because it was like the intensity she brought behind the plate. And I ended up talking to her afterwards and was like, hey, where are you going? You know, just kind of trying to start conversation. She was like, nowhere I said really nowhere huh I was like what do you want to do like what do you want to major in and what she wanted to major in kind of aligned with what um I was coaching at William Peace at the time and she uh I was like huh yeah you can do that at our school you know and it kind of just planted the seed and she ended up going there and so that was really cool that you know you find you know unexpected pleasant surprises when you don't even anticipate it. So it's like whenever you don't have that verbal communication, like your body language and and your actions show a lot more. Mm, I love that answer. All right. Second one. What's a great headliner for an email to stand out? Your next second baseman. Mm, That's (laughs) a good one. Your next outbuilder. um, Or I, or I bring confidence, speed, and aggressiveness. Um, like, what is it that you bring to the table? I feel like just having that, like, in the title would, like, really get catch somebody's eye as opposed to, like, hey, coach X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah, okay, I'm glad that you put my name. Like, that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. Now, what can you do for me? <laughs> that's good. I love that. I love that. I know people are looking for that quick little excitement when they read an email, so that's a really good one. All right, last rapid fire for you. What's one piece of advice you'd give an overwhelmed athlete going through the recruiting process right now? Okay, it is overwhelming. Like, I I totally get that. And that is okay. Have patience with yourself. Have grace with yourself. Take it a step at a time because it kind of goes back to the comparing of like, well, my friend is doing this or my friend is doing that. Well, it doesn't matter what your friends are doing. Like, what is it that you're doing? Because this is your journey. This is like your process. If you just need to send one email out that day and just, you're like, uh, okay, send. at least you did it. Right. And so have patience, have grace with yourself, breathe. It's okay. You have time, be that a freshman, sophomore, junior, even a senior, like you have time. You might just be like off going in a different direction when maybe you need to come back this way. And so finding what what is the balance for you leave it to tish to give 45 answers to the one i love it 
I like options. What can I say? I like metaphors. Take your I do favorite it with my kids and run all the time. That's so good. <laughs> like especially my lessons kids. I'll throw something out there and they're like, but it makes sense. And they're like, <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's so great. Well, thanks so much for coming back on, Tish. Next time we chat, we'll talk a little bit more about how to communicate with coaches. But any final words? No, ma'am. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And everybody else that's listening, watching all the above, asking questions, like, thank you. Like, thank you for showing up for yourself at the end of the day. That's what it's all about. Amen. Love it. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Thank you. Man, oh man, there were so many great gems from this conversation. Thank you so much for tuning into this. Didn't you just love when she talked about how putting your adjustments out there and not just putting your absolute high moments on the field will help you stand out as an athlete and set yourself apart? And what about when she talks about how camps are super expensive and how to decide which ones to go to? There's so many great gems in this conversation, and I know I said it at the beginning, but please, if you enjoyed this conversation and you feel like someone you know can find value in it, please share this with one friend. The more the merrier, but one friend is all I'm asking because this will probably simplify the recruiting process for anybody listening, and if it did for you, it definitely will for others. All right. Thanks for tuning in this week to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. I can't wait to see you next week. I know I'm always super excited for you guys to listen to another episode of the When the Cleats Come Off podcast. And let me tell you, next week's going to be special. So mark it in your calendars. It's going to be a big one. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you know exactly the time the next episode comes out. And every subscribe, every like, every share, every review on Apple Podcasts. It helps this podcast grow tremendously. And I don't want to do it for me. This podcast is not for me. It's for parents, athletes, coaches like you who want to grow in this game and want the tools that they need to get there. See you next week. Don't forget, stay awkward and keep smiling. See you later.